0: I have, to, I have to say this before we get started, I know some of the children are still being dismissed and um, we're just so blessed this morning, but before the service, uh, Jaden, if, if you don't know Jaden, he's, yeah, here, he's on the back road back right there, but he, he told his mom and dad when he got out of bed this morning, he said, I've got some money and I want to give it to the church, amen, <laughs> I'm praying for that spirit to fall on everyone in here. But but here here if you know Jaden, here's what caught my attention. He said, it's for the roof. And my first thought was, what has he done to the roof? Because <laughs> I know Jaden, and he's he's covering his bases, right? I'm so proud of you, Jaden. Um it's it's that kind of heart you teach them when they're young, and it's not about getting their money, it's about getting their heart. And it's so important. So uh, I just praise God for that. Uh, we will find out what happened to the roof later, but that will go to the roof, I promise you, Jaden. <clears throat> We're talking about discipleship this morning, but we've been over the last several weeks, been in this series, a new season of grace, a new season of grace. And in that new season of grace, we've, we've looked at our mission statement, which is basically the fact that we exist so that every generation can experience the transforming power of of Jesus Christ. And what does transformation look like when people are saved, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, and serving? And we've talked about what it means to be saved, and I promise you, you can't can't cover everything in such detail like we can, but but I just want to throw this out, because we're going to talk about this with discipleship this morning. Sometimes, Sometimes we want to know so much but still do so little. Being saved is not hard. You don't do it anyway. It's nothing we do. It's it's what we receive. You don't heal yourself. We're healed emotionally, physically. God does a work in us. We don't always understand the, the timing. We don't always understand how. We don't always understand those kind of things. And... You know, what would the world be like if we only did things when we completely understood it? Or what would the world be like if we totally understood everything but didn't do anything? And so we, we want to be healed. We want to be set free from things. And that's, listen, that's not something that necessarily always happens in one service. So when we look at discipleship, it's the same process. When we look at discipleship, I want us to look at this from a, A perspective of God still doing a work in us, but it's something we have to respond to, okay? So what does that look like? Let's just read Matthew. I'm going to get into this text, and and we're going to go from there. Matthew chapter 28. Then the eleven disciples went away to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Father, this morning, I pray that you bless it. Bless your word, Father. Your word tells us that it will not come back void, but God, I pray today that you would open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, our minds to receive, our hearts to believe, and our wills become yours as we sang a moment ago. That we would walk this out. Help us sense the urgency of not only what we're missing, but what could be happening in the world around us. Touch me today, Lord. I pray, God, that you would help me to not say anything that's not necessary. And, Lord, uh, anything that's necessary, let me just speak that and that only in your precious name. Amen. I love Dr. Tony Evans, and he he shares a powerful story. I've shared some of this before, but <laughs> on any given Sunday morning, um, there are three teams on a field of play. Um, I'll just use my teams uh, as the example. You can put your teams in wherever you want. But today at 1 o'clock, Washington will be playing Kansas City. And those are two of the teams that will be on the field. And they're not there to love each other. They will not be um, handshaking and high-fiving very often during that game. But there's another team on the field. There's a team of referees. Now, these referees, they have no desire to pick a side. They're not on anybody's side. They are specifically trained to make decisions based on an authority much higher than them. They don't make their decisions based on emotion. They don't make their decisions based on an opinion. They make their decisions strictly based on what the book says. They didn't write the book. They're just adhering to the book. They, they don't make it up as they go. They just do what they're supposed to do. And it's not because they've just decided to, to follow a program. They've lived and trained to follow this program, again, from an authority. They operate in an authority much higher than, than they walk in typically. You and I are part of a kingdom. Our kingdom in this world is, as we talked about a few weeks ago, is now but, but not yet. But we walk in an authority that's not based on our own authority. We walk in an authority that's not based on our own opinions. We walk in an authority that's not based in our own timing and not based on our own desires. But we live according to that word. Am I making any sense? So it's in this type of authority that we as as Christians, as believers, as disciples, we begin to understand that sometimes we make decisions that we make, again, not based on our feelings or our emotions, because when we always make decisions based on our emotions, what happens? When we always make decisions based on our feelings, what happens? Okay, And I'm not saying you're not tempted by that. I'm not saying God won't lead you into wonderful things that you will enjoy. What I'm saying is, as a disciple, I'm not following my feelings. I'm following Christ. As a disciple, I'm not following emotions. I'm following Christ. And it's not always going to be popular. I'll make some decisions that make people very, very mad. I'll make some decisions that make people very, very happy. If you were watching college football, and I really don't follow that much on, the, on Saturdays, but I understand that Tennessee, whomever they were playing yesterday, they made a really bad call. The, the, the fans thought it was a bad call. And they began throwing anything they could get their hands on on the field. They had to stop the game. I mean, cans, golf balls, everything was flying on the field. Everybody was running for their lives because they did not appreciate the call. We're living in a world that if you expect everybody to appreciate your call, you're in trouble. We're living in a world that if if you expect everyone to appreciate your stand, you're in trouble. And so when we look at this, we see immediately that, that Jesus has called this meeting. He had a an appointed time to meet the disciples. Some theology, um, theologians will tell us that it, it wasn't, he had just the 11, Judas was not there. But that besides the 11, he had other disciples that were there because when he had spoken to them, it says some were still confused. And he doesn't talk about the disciples being confused, although when we read the Gospels, the disciples always tended to be a little confused. Uh, But what we see here, and and again, uh, many writers will tell us that it's not just the 11 when we talk about disciples here, but it is the present disciples, some that were around Jesus for those 40 days after his resurrection. But then even when you read the last part of this passage that says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And we're not to the end of the age, so that even includes us. Right? Well, if we think about it this way, then we have to understand that what he's simply saying is he's gathered these disciples and he's giving them a challenge, just like he gives us the challenge, the Great Commission, just like he gives us this challenge. And he says, he starts off by saying, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. We just read through that, sometimes we just blow through that and get to the Go, but I want us to pause just for a second and understand what he means when he says authority. When Jesus says, All authority, that means there's no other authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, nobody's the boss. I am all authority, and that word authority there is it really means power. But the word power can mean a couple different things depending on how it's applied. If we go back to the football illustration real quick, you you understand very well that the players on each side of the ball are very big, very strong, and very fast. The referees are not so big, maybe a little strong, but probably not fast. Any one of those football players could take out the referee because they could overpower them but because the referee has authority, he can put them out. You see, the difference between authority and power, when you understand the authority that we walk in through Jesus Christ, all the powers of hell cannot stand against you. And so many times we get frustrated and fearful of the powers at play because we forget that we can be walking in authority. Because they're really, and I need some help, just a little bit there. Mom, if you'll help me. If, if we understand the dynamics at play, we understand that, <clears throat> I, I know this may sound crazy, but I, if we can help get her to the nursery, that would be a big help. I want everybody to be able to hear what I'm saying. If we understand that we could be walking in authority, we're not just walking in the flesh. Can I tell you that so many of us are walking in fear and bondage. That's why getting set free is so difficult. Because we're still thinking that we're imprisoned. We think that we're imprisoned in prison and bondage and that there's no way we're going to be able to get out of here. See, the, the bottom line is this. When you understand what Christ has done, when you understand what Christ is doing, you can walk in authority. Now, now walking in authority, what would that look like? When Jesus says, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth, but then he's transferring that to us because he tells us to go and make. If you read the book of Acts, it starts off by telling us um, we're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, and after that we'll be witnesses. And the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon us. There's a power that we receive, a dunamis, but it only comes with that authority. So not only not only do we have authority, but we also are empowered. Now, this is not about us becoming somebody. Because when you have authority, it doesn't mean that you're somebody. It means he's somebody. Years ago, Diane and I were traveling, and we were at the Atlanta airport. And uh, getting out of the car, had just parked the car. Took a little shuttle up to the sidewalk. And this was pre-9-11, so there were not a lot of security issues. So we, were, we got out of the car, and we saw some old friends. Haven't seen them for years. And at that time, Jamie was working for one of the major air- airlines. <clears throat> I didn't know what he did, but he, we found out we were flying in the airline he was working with. So he said, oh, okay, John, hold on a minute. And he pulled out a card, and he wrote something on the back of the card. <laughs> he said, "Do me a favor. When you get to the gate, just give him this card." I'm like, "Come on, man. You're Jamie. You, you, you know, you're nobody, brother. Come on. You got a business card. I can print up business cards." So I go to the gate and I'm like, "Well, I'll, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get free lunch. I don't know." So we get up to the gate and I give her the card. Now, she doesn't ask for my name. She doesn't ask for anything. But she looks at the card, and she looks at me, and then she goes over and talks to her uh, friend at the desk, comes back over, they type in a few numbers, take my tickets, and we're immediately in first class. Now, I promise you, we weren't in first class because of who I was. It was in his authority. It was his name. I didn't know that he was director of operations. So when the director of operations just put his cell number on the back of that card, and they called him real quick, he said, yes, um, bump him up. Going and coming. And when she gave us our tickets, I said, can I I, uh, have that card back, please? I want to just keep that. He's my friend, and I want to be able to call him. And she said, "No, you can't have that card back." (laughs) See, with that card, I could have walked up to any desk without Airlines and said, "Here," and I had that authority. Now, could I abuse that authority if I got that card back? Probably. (laughs) But here's here's what I'm saying: You and I aren't facing the powers of this world. And the issues that we're facing in our own authority. In our own self. We, we Jesus. The reason Jesus starts this whole passage by saying, I have authority. Is because he's giving us that authority to walk in. <clears throat> here's what I've discovered about a lot of us. Now listen, here's what I've discovered. That's why I want your attention this morning. About a lot of us as believers. We're Christians but not disciples. See, disciples are followers. And the reason sometimes as Christians we feel like we don't have a lot of impact is because you never will in word only. It's it's when you're walking it out. See, Satan could care less that we're huddled this morning. Now listen, I, I, I think it's powerfully important that you're here this morning. Corporate worship for us if, if it's the only thing we do all week, it's not important. But if we take this as a time that we're seriously being prepared for what's going to go down tomorrow, <clears throat> it's very important. You see, the, the discipleship is ba- it's very simple. Are you following the master? Are you following Jesus? Many will say, well, I, I'm, I'm a believer and I, I go to church. But what happens on Monday? Is a transition, is a transformation being taking place? Is, is change taking place? Or the same old me, the same old way, I'll see you next Sunday. Now this is historical throughout the church, so it's not about the Western church or the American church. We, it's an eight for humanity become consumers. We all, we all just want to be fed. We all want something. We all want to feel good, and then we all want to go home. But if we're not walking something out, it, it's not going to stick. Um, I say I'm on a diet every week. <laughs> and usually around Saturday or Sunday, the terminology becomes, I'm starting Monday. Because it's not a diet if I just say the word diet. It's not change. if I can talk about prayer. And listen, I'm not getting into specific exercises within discipline. But I am saying following Christ demands a response. And I I think for a lot of us, it becomes drudgery following after something that we don't understand, that there's authority connected with it. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not praying just because somebody said you have to pray. I'm in a relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm not spending time studying the Word just because there's somebody out there saying, well, the second thing you have to do is study the Word, because it just becomes a routine. And you may be intellectually, you might even memorize a lot of scriptures, but if all we're doing is memorizing the scripture but not walking it out, nothing. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit will challenge you on this every day. That's why it's not just a weekend experience. So, so there's three things that he tells us in this process of having authority and walking this out. And, and listen, it's very important. It's not, it's not walking out this authority so we can have dominion. It's walking out in this discipleship and walking out in his authority so we'll have influence. See, if, if I want to be a better husband, it's not getting a better wife. It's being a better disciple. So I am a Christian, but are you following Jesus? I'm still good. All my yeses and amen stop suddenly. Are, are you following Jesus? I, I want to be a better employee, all right? Are, are you following? You see, the, the dynamic at play behind this being a disciple means you're becoming more like Christ every day. You don't get there overnight. doesn't mean you make mistakes, but day by day, moment by moment, something's happening in your life, and you're becoming like Christ a little bit at a time. So for some of us, we're on a track, and we seem to be moving a little bit quicker than others. We don't get impatient. We just keep our arms around people and keep moving. As the body of Christ, we're all moving together. Some of us have good days. Some of us have bad days. Somebody say amen. So what, what, what happens? Transformation. Transformation happens. And so what does that look like at work? What does that look like at home? So Jesus gives us three things that that come into play when it comes to this making disciples. What what a disciple looks like. And and please, yes, we have classes. We have grace groups. But discipleship is not two grace groups and you're done. Discipleship is not a book and you're done. Discipleship is a lifestyle. It's following after Christ on a daily basis and not giving up on yourself, but always trusting in him, right? And Jesus says there's there's three things here. The first thing he says is go. Go. Um, most In most cases, most of us have a tendency, if we build up enough faith to just get somebody to we will say something like this to somebody, would you please come to church? Now listen, there's nothing wrong with inviting someone to church, but that's not what he's saying. When he says go, and I don't care how much you study the word go, it all means the same thing. Go. There's activity involved. There's movement involved. And yes, it can mean location, but a lot of times it means proclamation. Take what God has done in you and get get vocal about it let your lifestyle show something about it let something see let somebody see change in your life why because the go and make disciples means you are literally going and literally there's action involved you're having an impact and engage with people in such a way that transformation is happening in their life also i mean and, and listen this is this is pretty straight up i know because most of us, and please hear what I'm saying, if we're just Christians by name, go makes no sense. And then go becomes this challenge that we're like, oh man, you gotta, I, I'm, how can I tell somebody about Jesus Christ? I don't have a good story. I'm too embarrassed. I, I don't want to go to work next week and, and start telling people about Jesus Christ. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Here's the beautiful thing. When you're following Christ, sometimes the, the greatest thing you can do is just live it out without saying a word initially. Um, a lot of us try to say something, but we've not lived it yet. What does that look like? Well, just real quick, it's almost like we've decided to follow Jesus by name, and then we take on the challenge of telling someone we've just not experienced really any life change in us. Not that you won't make mistakes, guys. That's not what I'm saying. But here's the easiest way to share someone with Jesus Christ. You've been living it, and they come up to you and say something like this. What's changed in you? Something's different about you. You stop cussing. I've not heard you say a bad word in three days. What's up with that? Um, You're different. Pastor, are you saying cussing is wrong? You know what I mean. Come on. You're, you're, not, you're not mean anymore. You, that, that edge is gone. You, that, you just don't bite people's head off when they walk in the building anymore. That's not there anymore. And, and yeah, I saw you make a mistake a few days ago, but something else was different. You apologized. You said you were sorry. And, and you said, hey, let, let's move forward. Let's, let's be positive about this. Something's changed. What is it? Now you've got an opportunity. Because now if you say, I know this is going to sound a little awkward and weird maybe, but I met Jesus, and I'm telling you, he'll change your life. Now, please, there's a lot of different ways that can be shared. I'm just giving you uh, the clear fact that if you live it first, you'll be amazed at how people listen better. Um, If a man's drowning, and you say, swim harder, That's not going to save his life. (laughs) On the other hand, he'll listen to anything you have to say about swimming if your actions are pulling him out of the water. You hear what I'm saying? So when Jesus says go, it's not about us not not staying here. It's about us, yes, gathering on Sunday. But going means when you leave here, what's life going to look like out there? Because now that we've huddled, back to the football, and actually real quick, uh, uh, I believe Tony Evans said something like this, we don't pay people to watch them in the huddle. Nobody pays 11 men to see 11 men bent over in a circle. They want to see what happens when they say break. See, the devil, listen, the devil could care less about what's happening here right now. He could care less. The world doesn't care that we're here gathering on a Sunday morning. Uh, the enemy wants to look at what happens when we say break. When we say dismiss, that's when the action starts. You see, uh, if, if the two teams are in, in the huddle, it, as soon as the defense starts to line up, they're just saying, we dare you to practice what you're talking about. Come on, say break and bring it. Let's see what you got. See, we we want comfort. We want We want to be able to be um, pain-free in the kingdom. Listen, you're walking in his authority. When we say break from here, it's not good luck. It's walking out into a life that you're going to make impact. You're going to have impact. Why? Because if you're a school teacher, if you teach in high school, college, wherever you teach, the, the world needs to see what God looks like teaching if you're a businessman, the world needs to see what God looks like doing business. If, if you're in the medical field, or, or if you clean houses, or if you drive buses, or if you whatever you do, God is wanting people to see what he looks like in that situation through you. You see, you don't, many people say, well, if I go into ministry, I've got to quit my job and try to get a job at a church. Please don't do that. Uh, unless you are called, you'll be miserable. Um, and I, I'm not saying that ministry is harder than what you're doing. I'm saying what you're doing is ministry. And if you try to do something you're not called to, you'll just be miserable. But when you're following Jesus, you, you may be working in the military. You may be working in a lot of different places. You may be self-employed. God has you there. Because he wants you as a disciple to be shining bright in that situation where you are. Walking in authority. Bringing calm to chaos. Bringing God's peace. Bringing God's kingdom to that place in the world that it wasn't there before. It might start in our families. But the first thing he says is to go. He also says to, to make disciples of what? All nations, we know by reading the book of Acts that certainly we need to start in our home, right? But then as it starts to spread, what does that mean? I I know it means locationally we begin to spread out, but see, and just hear what I'm saying. I know missions, you know, we've heard missions for many, 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 many years, and the church always grows through persecution and expansion. I don't necessarily mean that when we are disciples to all nations, it necessarily means we've all got to move to another nation. Here's what I believe he's saying, certainly one aspect, and that is we need to get into the systems of everything that's happening in our world. We don't need just to talk about being Christians here. We need Christian school teachers who are walking it out into schools. It, we need to be infiltrating the school systems. We need to be infiltrating the business systems. We need to be infiltrating family systems. Why? Because if we don't, families will start to define themselves. Cultures will begin to define themselves. Hello? Does that make any sense? And, and it may be that you're saying, man, it's impossible. You, you've not seen my business. You've not seen my setting. You've not seen where I have to work. You've not seen the people I have to be around. That's the whole point. You're walking in authority. Let them see you. It's more important that they see someone who's not perfect, but who's redeemed and who's walking in an authority that says, you know what? Uh, No weapon formed against me can prosper. I know this is so easy to preach on Sunday, but I'm not talking about anything. I don't have to walk out on a daily basis. When I tell you right now, and I've said this before what can you do to a dead man but i'll have to remind myself of that 10 times tomorrow why cuz somebody's going to say something to me something's going to happen somebody's going to do something somebody there's going to be this that some type whatever temptation this that a thought and i'll have to say don't forget you gave yourself away yesterday you died um, Paul said, do it every day. Don't forget who you belong to. What did Paul say? Know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? You are not your own. You died, John. Why is that important? The second thing that, that Jesus says here is not only go, but baptize. And, and in this baptism, it's not just about getting wet. We understand the dynamics behind that, and it was Very ceremonial, and they would be submerged, baptism. Baptizo means to be submerged, emerged, and and then brought back up. So we understand the symbolism, being buried with Christ and raised anew. But it meant a lot more than just being baptized and we had a service, because in that culture, when you were raised up anew, it was an identification issue. You were being identified with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You were saying the old life that I lived no longer exists anymore. That's not what I follow. This is who I'm identified with now. As a matter of fact, in a powerful illustration, dye makers would take that, and that's how they would dye cloths. Total submersion. And they would dip it. We we can make many analogies, whether it's cleansing, whatever it may be. But when he pulled that brown Um, cloth out and it was a different color it remained a different color it was identified as something else completely this is good news for a lot of reasons you're not identified by your past anymore stop letting your past define you stop letting your past circumstances define who you are and what your future is going to be some of us we talked about this last week You're not going to be able to, I keep pointing to the screen like it's there, but it was last week. It was. You can't be set free if the jail is open, but you refuse to walk out. Some of us, the jail cell is open. We are free to walk out, but we desire to stay. Listen, he's saying when you're baptized, it's about identification. You're being identified with the Trinity. You're being identified with a body of believers that that there's something different about you that needs to be seen. There's something different about us that needs to, to be made public. See, there are no private Christians. I hear people say this a lot. Well, you know, Christianity is private to me. No, that just means it's word only. You can't follow Jesus. There are no secret agents in the kingdom. You can't it's, it's not a private relationship. It's it's very it's a very public re- you, you know there's no private baptisms. You know, we're not in the saving water. We can sprinkle you but it's very public. And and my whole point is that makes people a little bit puts them on the edge because well I'm an introvert. This has nothing to do with being an introvert or an extrovert. It it's not has nothing to do with personalities. It has nothing to do, it's it's, are you following Jesus? We all fit into the body of Christ somewhere, but am I following Jesus to the extent that I am following him? And if the Bible says this, I'm going to follow him. If the Holy Spirit and we're praying and as the body we're working together and walking together according to the word and, and somebody that is outgoing and and the gift of gab is not a problem. Let them take the lead, but I'm going to make sure I'm helping it get accomplished. You know, my, my point is all of us have a part to play. But if you're not following, put your seatbelts on for just a minute. If you're not following, um, you're taking up space. Oh, pastor, come on. We're supposed to love everyone. I know. And then we admonish, we tell the truth in love, we encourage, and and we, as the body, grow. Uh, this last few days, we went up to um, see our grandsons play soccer. Because if you're a grandparent, there's going to be one soccer game you have to go to. So we drove up there late Thursday and, and watched... Our, son, our grandsons play soccer. Only to drive up there and realize that one of our grandsons hates soccer. Has no desire to play. Um, almost cries when you put him on the field. So they finally got him to play goalie, and they they just slaughtered him. Right? But, but what do you do to a 7-year-old? Do you tell him how terrible he is? Do you scream at a 7-year-old and say, Who told you you could play soccer? You are the worst soccer player I've ever seen. Don't ever put on a uniform again. No, what what do we do? Hey, buddy, you are awesome. You know, I've never seen anybody try to hit balls like that and miss them so far away. That was incredible. And so we're loving him and encouraging him. And before we left, he's even like, are you coming to the next game? I'm like, no. I'm, I can't be at the next game, but I guarantee I'll see one one day. Now, now, the other grandson, he's a little bit older, so he's gotten used to it, and he loves playing soccer, and I watched a little bit of his game too. The, the bottom line is there's a lot of people, they're not, they're not good at this yet. It doesn't mean they don't love Jesus. It just means we need to be willing to encourage them. We need to be willing to say, hey, listen, this isn't working. I love you, man. Now, th- does that mean, listen, does that mean they're all going to cheer for you when you make that call? Nope. Does it mean that everybody's going to enjoy that conversation? And I'm not talking about being the, the sheriff. I'm not talking about calling people down every time they make a mistake. No, I'm talking about in love. Hey, we need to talk, man. I love you, buddy, but Those decisions that you're making, they're critical. I've had a lot of those conversations, and some of those people are not even in my life anymore. Now, that's hard. But but don't expect to be a hero because it's not a, discipleship is not a popularity contest. Following Christ will cost you. The last thing he says is simple. Two things very quickly. He says, not only do I want you to go, I want you to baptize. It's all about identification. But then, I want you to go, I want you to baptize. The last point, teach. Teach. Now, does he mean lecture? No, teach them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. You know, the best way children learn things? By watching. They learn more by what you do than what you say. Um, How do we learn as as children of God? By watching. We can memorize scripture, but if we memorize scripture, but we've not activated ourselves into it, there's no transformation. Information without activation does not equal transformation. But if you are inspired in the word of god is at work in your life and you are becoming active in it well how do i do that well that's when we get into prayer and i'm not again i'm not breaking all that down today that's when we get into aspects of here's why we pray here's why we study the word here's why we attend church it's not a checklist we're marking off i'm trying to develop this lifestyle i'm trying to develop my relationship with god i'm trying to develop a, a relationship that doesn't hear the things of the world that used to influence me all the time But now I can immediately come in and realize, wait a minute, that doesn't match up with God's word. Um, I've got to make a stand here. And when I say make a stand, I'm not talking about going out and publicly standing up at work and saying everybody's going to hell. I'm talking about just making a stand in your own life first. Make a stand in your own life. What does it look like Uh, to teach by helping them observe? What does that look like? Me just living it out. Me just living it out. Teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. People have to be activated. People have to be willing and, and have opportunities to do and be a part of something. Not just try to figure it out on their own. That's why we do things like reach to the community. And we have different aspects of service to the community. We're meeting with a gentleman in Another few weeks to set up different things for feeding different um, groups in the neighborhoods and feeding different entities. There's all kind of opportunities for us to be able to serve, but it's not just about serving. It's about when you go to work this week, who will you bless? Will you just be a blessing to somebody at work? Will you, if you see somebody hurting, will you have the kind of courage to say, hey, listen, um, let me know if you want to talk. And if you know them well enough, I'm praying for you. Can I, can I give you one, just one little hint on how this works best? Get to know the person first. Build a relationship with them first. Because if you walk up to a total stranger, it better be God. You walk up to a total stranger and say something, it needs to be a powerful move of the Holy Spirit um, because they're probably going to accept it or reject it pretty quickly. On the other hand, if you've been building a relationship, you've been a blessing to someone, You've just been kind to people. There's going to come a point where you can speak into someone's life. Don't expect popularity. But you might be surprised at how God changes them. How? Because he says, Lo, I'm with you always. I, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now that's how it's not, how it's not written. But if you will, it's a, it's a play on words where Jesus is saying, I, even I, or I, yes, I, Lo I, or listen very carefully, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, we know that to be obviously the fact that the Holy Spirit infills us now and the Holy Spirit is with us always, but here's what Jesus is also speaking. Guys, that authority I was talking to you about, in my name, it's going to last. In my name, you'll walk in that authority because I'm going to be with you even to the end of the age. This isn't a pipe dream. Now, here's how I want to close today. Because knowing that we have that kind of authority, are you really following him like you could be? This isn't about legalism, it's just asking yourself that personal question, am I really following after Christ, or do I just want to make sure I'm saved? Am I really pursuing Him? Am I really searching? Am I really trying to define, you know, we're talking about being equipped and empowered and serving next, next several weeks but am I really taking the relationship that I have with Christ so seriously that I've made him Lord and I'm following him and I'm pursuing him in such a way that my family, my church family, those that I work with, those that I hang around with, that they can see something about me that they say, wow, um, something's changed, something's going on and maybe they want to be closer to you or maybe they just don't want to be close at all but the reality is people can see it does that make sense you see we're living in a in an age here's the best way i know how to say it no one in the world around us right now is afraid to come out of the closet everybody's coming out with something right I mean, I, I mean, just think about it for a second. I'm not, I'm not beating up on anyone when I say this, but we live in a culture that's given everybody permission to be whatever they want to be. Just come out and say it. You know, the only people who aren't Christians. As weird as it sounds, we need to come out of the closet. We need to be willing to stand up and say, "I'm a believer." Uh, And now, in this culture, if you don't start coming out of the closet, it's going to get harder and harder because the world's going to say, be quiet. Don't say a word. That's why most of us don't come out now because we're afraid to be identified as a Christian because if you're a Christian, you're a hater, you're a bigot, you're against everything. No. And we need to change our language, by the way, because we're not against anyone. We're for Jesus. Who are we following? I'm following Jesus. Well, no. What 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 political party are you following? I'm not. I'm I'm trying to follow Jesus. Now we need we need to prayerfully vote, right? But who are you following? You know, some of us go to the voting booth. We don't even know their names. We just know the color. And anything that's red, we click. Or anything that's blue, we click. Or we're so mad, we just click everything that's not red or blue. We don't even know their names, and we're clicking away. What, what happens if we just say, you know what, I'm a believer, and I'm, I'm going to know the issues that we're facing in life, but I'm following Jesus, and I'm pursuing him. I'm laying down the stuff that doesn't matter. I'm taking up my cross, and I'm going. I'm making disciples. I'm teaching. I'm baptizing. I am going to be identified. Amen? Let's all stand. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come to you, Lord, Lord, not with our heads down, but but powerfully in the authority that you've given us, that we can only come to the Father clothed in your righteousness, and we say, here we are. As we sang a few moments ago, Father, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. We give ourselves away so you can use us. Lord, today we once again proclaim, here we are. We give ourselves away. Father, wherever we are in our relationship with you, we know that you have already given yourself completely to us. So, Father, today, I pray that my brothers and sisters, that we would just leave this place, that when this huddle is dispersed, God, (laughs) that your playbook comes alive this week. I pray, God, that in businesses, and conversations, at restaurants, at homes, in other Bible studies, Lord, wherever we go, wherever we are, that your Holy Spirit would be at work in us and, and our thinking would already be aligned with the fact I'm here to represent Jesus Christ. Lord, however you use me right now, I know I'm walking in your authority. Father, I've gone, Lord, and now I just want to be identified, Lord, and if people come to you, Lord, we'll start moving them through this process of growth, and God, you'll be getting the glory in everything that I do, but Lord, I pray that you start with us right now, today, here. Do a work in us, God, Lord, and wherever we are in this process, Lord, there are some of us that that may be very mature in this process. But, Lord, there's still so much growth that needs to take place in our lives. Lord, there are some that may be just beginning in this process. Lord, we pray that they not grow weary, that they not think things are hopeless, because, God, you are our hope. And we thank you, Father, for what you're doing. So, Lord, in this world that that we will have tribulation in, Lord, today we leave here of good cheer, because you have overcome the world and you've told us, you have authority. Now we can walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. I know we've got the grace groups this week, but please bless someone, be a blessing, and we'll see you next Sunday. Amen.